what do you get when the audacious and the therapist collide? A crash course in unpolished therapy. Rachel Silvercone and Dr. Boca aren't afraid to spin out of control, tackling all the tough talk. Their weekly sesh meets at the corner of Audacity and Advice, where their wheels and yours get turned upside down. Hey guys, happy Wednesday. It's Rachel Silver Cohen. So you know what that means. It's another episode where we're ditching the couch, we're grabbing the mics, we're breaking down all the unpolished wreckage. My cohort, favorite of all favorites, DB, Dr. Boca. Happy to see your smiling face. How are you? I'm doing great, Rach. It's happy to, it's happy. I'm happy that I can see your face. It's so early in the morning here on Wednesday that I can't even speak straight, but always great to start my day with you. So what's going on? Well, I will tell you what's going on. As you know, I think our phones and our emails and whatnot have been blowing up over the last couple of weeks because when we did the episode with Kristen that I feel like you you had gifted me this yep. happy late birthday or happy early next birthday Christmas <laughs> or next birthday or just happy Wednesday, I guess I should yep. say for that matter. Having Kristen Swinehart on when we talked about mediumship and psychic abilities and the outpouring of excitement and questions and comments that we had gotten thereafter, really, I was thrilled about it. And, and I can't yeah. figure out, is everyone just as fascinated as I am? Or have we actually converted people to the fascination that we have, even from an unpolished standpoint? And I don't even care what the answer is. Oh, because I was going to sit here and go, I want to believe we converted everybody. But I do think that we are all intrigued by those things that we either can't control or wrap our heads around. So I'm going to say it's 50-50, but I'd like to give us a little bit more points that we converted them. And maybe we just made it more exciting for them. And Kristen was such a great guest that it just enhanced all of that. So whatever it is, my phone was also blowing up, as you and I have discussed. And so I'm going to even tell our listeners that we are so excited that we brought Kristen back on for another episode because you guys all had questions that we felt were great questions that we wanted to follow up with Kristen. And of course, I know this comes as no surprise to anybody listening who follows us. Rachel had more questions. <laughs> so, <laughs> so without further ado, I'm so pleased and so grateful to invite and have Kristen back on the show with us. So please, everybody, welcome Kristen Swinehart. Yeah, thanks. It's good to be back so soon. And thanks, listeners, for reaching out and letting them know. I appreciate it. And I'm excited to see what questions the audience had. Absolutely. Kristen, thank you so much. I think a couple of weeks ago was an exciting day. And to have you as actually our first return guest on Unpolished Therapy. So what? I don't know if like maybe you get a button or maybe <laughs> you get a bottle of champagne. We'll have to figure that one out. But you are our first repeat guest on Unpolished Therapy. So welcome wow. back. Thank you for being here. Truly, it's an honor. I feel very flattered. Good. Well, you should because okay. absolutely. <laughs> we're, you know, we're big time here. <laughs> the claim to fame to be on unpolished therapy twice. What does that say about you, Kristen? We won't analyze. That. I don't know. Yeah, that, that sounds like I'm going to need some therapy. <laughs> so, Kristen, speaking of coming back twice or more for that matter, we hope down the road, a question I have, which, you know, it's 50% my show here too. So, I'm going to come out of the <laughs> gate with my question and then we'll get to some of our listeners' questions. But one of the things I thought about from our last episode with you is that. Sometimes or most times when I'm in yoga uh, and the listeners know that like my favorite part of yoga is the savasana at the end of the class, which is actually a real pose. But for me, it's just nap time and I kind of just fall asleep and drift off. But 
what has happened to me more times than not is that when I'm laying there, I have the same vision, if you will, and it's a beautiful vision and it's kind of private, but I'm going to share it with everyone just for the sake of the authenticity. But I see myself on like the top of a mountain and I'm getting married. Okay. Which is so amazing. And and I don't know if I'm manifesting this or whatever, but I see my children and I see my future husband's children and I see my mom and I see my future husband's mom. And that's it. I know what I'm wearing and I feel the weather. And I don't know if I'm making this up because that's what I long for or if I'm putting it into motion. And the reason I ask is because when I am in yoga, whether it's yoga teacher A or yoga teacher Z, a lot of times they say things like, the universe is working for you and your vibrations are being matched by the universe or vice versa. So you have to dream big and believe and blah, 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 woo, 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 right? So I don't know where your stuff comes in, but if I'm having the same vision over and over, can you speak to that a little bit? I'll do my best. Uh, I'm a big believer in visualization. And a lot of times when people talk about having a vision board or something of that nature, it's to actually get you to experience the feeling because Mm -hmm. the more that you can feel into it, it's the feeling that creates that result. So you're seeing all of the details and very, very clear. So the more clear and the more intense you can feel that, the more you have all of your senses involved in it. So I wouldn't be surprised if that scene is happening sooner than later because of how vivid and clear you're creating that. I totally agree with you with the feelings. I mean, as a therapist, it's so important to get to the sensations and the feelings that are going on in our body. And I'm very into visualizations and some have changed my life or have at least moved me in directions. But I find it so intriguing that you see everything, but you do not see the actual person. I see, well, here's the thing, and that's an excellent question, Dr. Boca. I see it, then it is glazy kind of. And then it's like, you know how you say like, from the last podcast we did with you, Kristen, you said you hear the spirit in their voice or no, in In your own voice. voice. So sometimes I'm like, am I just like playing like Mr. Potato Head, like where in my head, I'm like, here are the eyes and here's the nose. Or like, is that the universe putting it together? So sometimes it's like, I don't want to read too much into it because I don't want it to be disingenuous. And I call it like manufactured. I don't want it to be that way. So the answer to your question, Lori, is sometimes I do, but sometimes I don't. And then I also, because I'm a control freak, as we all know, (laughs) I, when I am lying there sometimes at the end of a class, I'm like waiting for it. And then if it's not there, then I like Mm -hmm. get panicked and I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh my God, come to me, come to me, come to me. And then it, that screws my mind frame up a little bit. So Kristen, to that point, when I'm wishing for somebody to be like, hey, come on, wake up, talk to me. Like, where are my people? Knock, knock, knock. I'm here. Is there something there where you're wanting it so badly? that they're only going to come or her manifestation is only going to come when we can come and make space for it versus this desire and so much is energy is going into it that there's no energy to receive from, I guess would be the way that I would phrase it in my woo-woo language. What about any sense to that, Kristen? Yes. Actually, when Rachel was talking about that, that sometimes she receives it better is that, and I'm guessing that since this is happening in yoga class, you're in a totally different headspace for like an hour. So you're mm-hmm. 
you know, monkey mind has had an opportunity to slow down or quiet down a little bit. So then to receive that information is going to be a lot easier. And then it's interesting that you, when it's like, well, where is it? You know, it's not, it's that grasping or coming from fear base or ego is my sense. Mm -hmm. So when we're in that state, it's, I'm not saying your people aren't here, right? But when you want that or the ego is so controlling, it is likely harder to receive or hear. They can communicate in such subtle ways that if our monkey mind and ego is like off the chain, which is what it wants, you know, like right. the louder we are, the more you can't hear your real self. So that's why meditation and yoga and all these practices to quiet your mind are so important so you can receive that information. And that goes back to what Dr. Hallerman was saying on a couple of episodes ago where she was saying that we have to stop busying ourselves to feel soul, right? Mm-hmm. And if we look mm-hmm. at soul as energy and that ability to channel in that energy in our people and hear our people, we have to kind of let go a little bit and stop being so busy in our minds of wanting, 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 and me knocking, being like, come on, come on, I need you. Like, it's a reminder again. And it sounds like it's relevant here also that if we just slow down a little bit and open our space up, we can hear it better or they'll show up more. Okay. I feel good about how we broke that down. Um, This is a question that I'm kind of proud of this one. Okay. Kristen, you may not know (laughs) that. Well, you may not know this, but a couple weeks ago too, on a past podcast, we talked in depth about narcissistic personality disorder, narcissistic tendencies, people who truly have narcissistic tendencies, behaviors, features, diagnoses, like a real medical diagnosis. And one of the questions that we asked, or many of the questions that we asked, the answers were ones that were still unknown because we've been told it's very hard to study the brain of a narcissist. Okay. And I was thinking about after when you were on, I wonder if we don't really have the research on how the brain works for a true narcissist or even, I mean, I was taking it unpolishedly one step further when we were talking about real sociopaths. Is there a way then to maybe use them for good once they cross over to come back and answer questions about why narcissists are narcissists, why sociopaths are sociopaths, why murderers are murderers. And I know, and and I want to make a blanket statement that I love when you were on, you talked about the fact that you're all about love and light and you do this for the greater good. There is that darkness piece though. And to some extent that fascinates me too. Although I I'm smart enough that I tread very lightly when it comes to the dark side of death. And I know that maybe there is a way to play on that fine line, but maybe ask permission or tread lightly. And I'm kind of all over the place with this, but I want to know what your thoughts are on just this topic in general. I wish we could have interviewed this person on the other side with all the answers, like before my past relationship, then I would never have been in one with a narcissist. Dang. <laughs> I could have avoided all of it. Maybe. You're maybe. here. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I, I've made it on the other side, quote unquote. That's actually a really fascinating question. And I don't have the answer. However, part of me thinks that, may, you know, when people go to the other side, they kind of do their work and learn about different things. So I would imagine that there is a spirit there from a good love and light position where maybe that information is possible. I've never thought about that, but boy, wouldn't that be interesting? Like I would love those answers. Mm -hmm. So 
I just feel like for the sake of science and the sake of mental health and Dr. Boca, your field in general, wouldn't it be really cool to marry mediumship and psychology and see if we could get some of those questions answered that we haven't been able to answer for so long. I don't know. I'm just, I'm kind of putting it out there to the Freuds of the world and the Christians of the world. And maybe, listen, anything is possible, as you said, you know, if we believe and who are we to think that more doesn't exist and why not take advantage of people maybe on this physical world if they were not helpful to us and they basically tortured us, these narcissists, right? That mm-hmm, maybe they could come back for the greater good and, and teach us a thing or two. So I guess, I mean, Rachel, I'm fascinated by the concept of it and I love how your brain, you know, works. I think it's amazing. But Kristen, I'm curious. To Rachel's point, when people cross over and, you know, that you just said that they do some growing and they do some changing and what have you, I guess the question that I have is once they do that, do they remember what their time was like here from that perspective of being the narcissist or whatever, like, you know, when they purge their soul, so to speak, on the other side or, you know, enlighten themselves, do they remember? Like, I do... Do you hear them asking for forgiveness or sharing those stories when you speak to them or they speak to you? I actually have a really good example of this that happened last week. And, you know, to be very clear, what I say is not the gospel by any stretch, right? I share from experiences that I've had where I can, you know, say this has been my experience. I don't know if other people have this or not or what their belief is. But I had a daughter whose father came through and she was still very angry at him. And I said, so he was Jehovah's Witness and never celebrated the holidays. And she mm-hmm. was very upset about that. And it caused, you know, a bunch of problems within the family. And he came back and said he was wrong about not celebrating with them because of the divide it caused in the family. And he said, I was very righteous. And so he was actually giving telling her all these things. And I had no idea that this was like the backstory of what she had said or thought or whatever the case may be. But he was saying things that she had been wanting to hear that I did not know that. So wow. to me, that was really interesting because it was so powerful where he was like, look, I was really, really wrong. And I handled a lot of situations in a wrong way. Now I know better. And he was actually mm-hmm. saying like, you were right with your beliefs and thought processes. So that was one experience where I had where for sure he saw yeah. something very different. And it was definitely the beginning of a healing process for her in the sense, you know, that, I mean, the emotion was there and just to have, I think, a sense of him asking for forgiveness now, whether she'll give it. And, and, and for me, you know, part of the message was, please think about the forgiveness piece, but not necessarily for your father, but for yourself, mm-hmm. you know, like, so you can do the healing, not that you need to, you know, not that he doesn't want it or need it, but think about yourself. And that's amazing. Like, that was such a great example. And, you know, it ties great to a piece of what Rachel was saying. I don't know if we'll ever get the information about the narcissist and understand the brains of a narcissist that way. But tying mental health in with what you do is, would be, I mean, people do it. Okay, so there, there's a lot of energy healing and, and mediumship in mental health. It's just not necessarily always publicized, you know, and celebrated the way that, because it's not as mainstream. But how beautiful, because I have so many patients who sit with me who would love that closure piece, would love to hear, you know, and I've sent some of my patients, you know, after loss and stuff. And when we had Karen on 
and talked about grief and loss, you know, talking about that piece of it where they would love to speak to somebody who could be in touch and get that closure piece and so that they can forgive themselves, forget about other people. We don't necessarily work on the other people. So it would be such a great marriage between the mental health field and this because I think it would speed up the process of loss so much faster. And I've also seen it in cases where somebody's passed by suicide. And I mean, Mm. as we can imagine, it leaves a lot of questions for those who are still here. And oftentimes I hear things like, I was out of my mind. I had schizophrenia. My mental health was so much worse than you knew. Like I masked it or hid it. And then when people have a better understanding, sometimes it's just to know that like, hey, the person was like out of their mind. They didn't really choose that from the place where you know them, right? There was Mm -hmm. a different scenario. And so in situations like that, I feel like it's also very beneficial. So there is, again, another way of closure. Mm -hmm. That is a great place for me to insert another question here. When you talked about death by suicide, I was wondering, and some of our listeners were wondering as well, the same question, which is, When you do readings, when spirit contacts you, do you find, and I don't know if there's a way to keep track of this or not, or if it even matters, but if someone passed away pleasantly versus tragically, does that change how easily you are able to channel them? And I guess the follow-up to that would be the way that then someone is laid to rest, be it buried versus cremated. Oh, interesting I knew I was going to have so many more questions on here from you guys that I was like, oh, I'm going to have to go research again after I get off of this. Um, (laughs) In my experience, I actually, I've never asked anybody if the person was cremated or buried. So I don't even know. So I I wouldn't have a like, oh, this was much easier because they were cremated versus buried. So I wouldn't know that. So my answer then is I don't think it matters because I haven't had like any experience that way. And then if somebody passed by suicide versus like a very peaceful death. I can't say that it's really any different from my experience of how it comes through either way. I do think though, with things that are more tragic, being a, you have to be open to receiving that as a medium. Some people don't want to receive that, which I can't blame them sometimes because you don't know if it's going to be scary or dark or depressing. And there's a lot that comes with it. However, I feel like, I don't know, one of my very first readings I did, actually the very first paid reading I ever did was somebody that had passed by suicide. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm doing this right now. Mm. And then after I kind of handled that, I'm now open to receiving that because I do want to be able to give those messages. And what's also very interesting is I've always been really fascinated why so many musicians die Mm -hmm. by suicide or die at a very young age. So I think I've actually been calling in like, hey, let me see what suicide is so I can understand more about it because I've had such a fascination with musicians who've passed that way. And I remember on the podcast when you were on a couple of weeks ago, you said music is something that you get, that you know, that you're into. So that is interesting. I Let me know when you kind of figure out or, you know, you have more of an answer if you ever do down the road, because I'm fascinated by that. Let me ask you this, though, because this is interesting. And I know we don't want to go dark. And again, I'm repeating myself because I love that you really speak to the love and light of this. But the darkness, am I watching too many movies or like is an exorcism or being possessed? Like, is that a real thing? Does that happen? Have you ever had a reading where physically something got a little fucked up or unpolished for a lack of a better word? Okay. And again, another recent example, uh, I feel like sometimes 
again, I can't, we don't know. I don't know all of this. There's so many things I could go to the other side and be like, oh my God, I was just making stuff up. I have no idea, right? But we'll, we'll find out hopefully one day. But there was a scenario where I knew that there was kind of bad energy kind of in the energy field of some people I had been around and like not wanting to be around them necessarily. And then I went to do a group reading and I was like, oh my God, I just feel like this other person's energy is here that just does not feel good. And so like trying to like ask it to leave or go away, that's kind of my experience. Again, one reason why I try to be very particular about who I am around or those types of things. Because I am so sensitive, it's easy for me to pick up on things that I don't necessarily want, even when I do try to be like, all right, bubble of light, protection, all those types of things. Mm -hmm. And also, again, why I keep my headspace in such that like, I don't want that stuff in. So I'm not thinking about it or even being like, so afraid. Oh my God, stay away, stay away. Because I also feel, feel like that type of fear. It's like, oh, easy target. You're so scared. Right. 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 So so I have a question and you might have discussed this last time, but I fill my head with so much other stuff throughout the week. As fascinating as you are, I have to move on to the next thing. So if I have, just ignore the question. But does it say more about like me and Rachel as the people sitting in an audience when you do a reading? Or does it say more about the people who have crossed over? If you repeatedly show up to like, let's say I go to Kristen Swinehart's live, you know, reading multiple times and my people never show up, would that be more of a reflection of me being closed off? Or is it more of a reflection of the individual on the other side who's not ready? I would imagine it could be a little bit of both if it just consistently shows up again and again. I mean, when you have an audience full of people, it is kind of like not necessarily winning the lottery. That's a little, a bit of an extreme <laughs> example, but still, you know, it's like winning a raffle, you know, there, there's not everybody can get a message. So I think that a lot of it depends upon who's in the audience that really needs the message or the closure or the whatever the case may be. Right. But what if you, and, it was just like the two of us and it wasn't a big group of people or it was one-on-one and you just couldn't get anything? Does that happen? I haven't had that experience, but okay. maybe one time I feel like the people were super shut down or closed okay. off or no matter what I said, there wasn't going to be any agreement at all. Okay. So if you came to me and said, I want a reading with your arms crossed and totally just shut down, that's going to make it incredibly difficult. And even if I'm getting something accurate, you're also probably going to tell me, no, it's not right, right. <laughs> because you're right. so shut down on it. So uh, I haven't had that experience, but maybe once or twice when the people were super not even open at all. I don't even know why they were there, to tell you the truth. Okay. So it's it, what you're saying, what it sounds like, at least, is it's more about the energy and the willingness to open themselves up on this side in the living, which is, you know, I'm sitting here going, oh, this sounds like therapy. Like when I have a patient who comes in here who's resistant to change, I'm getting the same thing, right? And I could say the same thing to that person versus somebody who's totally open and the person totally open is going to make progress and gains. So I imagine it's very similar in that respect. So thank you. That helps. Yes. Me. Kristen, one of our listeners asked if someone feels as though they may have some abilities, how do they go about trying to develop that? And how do they know if their abilities are even valid. So everyone has an ability. It just depends on the extent of what that ability is. And you can also work to train it. So part of the way that I study is actually in groups, like mediumship groups, we practice with one another. I mean, it's like, you know, going to the baseball field and hitting balls until you get better, right? So part of it's practicing. There are courses online. I mean, literally, I learned almost, no, I learned everything online because I learned during COVID. And so you can find courses and things to practice. 
I would just say do a little research and make sure the person's, you know, reputable that you can tell. But even if you feel like it's not like you don't know, at least go try it out and see because we all have it to some extent and you just might actually surprise yourself and be like, wow, this is really coming in a lot faster. So it's just like developing any muscle. The more you do it, the more repetition, the easier it's going to get. So then would you agree that if someone claims to see or feel a ghost, quote unquote, we'll say, is that the same energy that you see when you communicate with spirit? You know, I've never really felt like what I consider like a ghost per se. So I haven't had that frame of reference to compare a ghost, but I believe that they could absolutely be seeing and feeling energy or spirit. Mm -hmm. So that is valid to me. Just like, I mean, I suppose if I called the spirits I worked with, ghost or something else, but you know, like it's real. So I feel like it's valid. Some people just want to be like, oh, there's no chance I could be feeling that or that's not real. Trust yourself sometimes, you know, trust yourself. So it's interesting because as I'm hearing that, I'm like, oh, I know somebody who says that they see ghosts all the time. And I find them to be a very energetically in touch individual. And so I sit here and I'm like, oh, well, maybe they're like the Danes of the world. You know, you had all those Claire's and maybe like these are the Danes, right? And maybe there's a Dane of ghosts and a Danes of, you know, of feelings over their body. I don't know. I'm totally, but I, again, I just think it's a different avenue because this individual would say, oh, I'm walking and I get this like feeling over my body. I get the, the chills and I see movement behind me and there is nothing there. And I'll check in with my friends and there'll be nothing there. And to me, that's energy and that's got to be something. So if it's not a Claire that you named last time, we're going to say it's a Dane or a dude or a whatever word we want to come up with. Yes. I fully believe that people can be feeling energy like that. And either they're so used to it because they've had it you know, their entire life that it's like, oh yeah, that's like so normal. Or they just start shutting it down after a while because they're like, well, I feel crazy because I mm -hmm. have this sensation all the time and everybody else looks at me and they don't see it. So it must not be real. So I want to give you a real life example. Another one of our listeners uh, called me about 10 days ago or so with an unbelievable story. I asked permission if I could share it. She told me that her mother-in-law had just passed away and it was sudden. But that being said, she told me that either the night before or two nights before, she dreamt that this was going to happen. So much so that she talked about a glass of iced tea. She talked about the dream included a place setting at a table. And it was her mother-in-law's, I guess, like her rituals or routine of what she would typically do in her day. I guess drinking iced tea was part of her norm, a play setting there. Frank Sinatra was playing in the background. And when my friend woke up, she just had this, I, I don't know if premonition is the right word mm -hmm. or not. And then lo and behold, they got a call that her mother-in-law had passed away. That would feel like a premonition to me. I don't, haven't done a lot with premonitions. And part of that reason is because I don't want them. I don't want to exactly. know, you know, so when I first started out, I went to a session where this woman says like, she can open you up to expand kind of your mediumship ability, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, here's the deal. I don't really want to do this. If I'm going to know when people are going to die or there's like things. And she said, that's fine. You don't have to have that. We can ask that spirit only shows you, you know, like you don't see those things. And that mm -hmm. was part of it. Like I've always been afraid of the premonition thing. Cause like, and I had somebody come up after my show last week that said, well, I always get these premonitions and then that thing happens. And so now I'm afraid of it. Like mm -hmm. I wouldn't be able to work if that were the case because I'd be so afraid of having these things. So you can set boundaries as well. Well, that's what I was going to say. I wonder if there's a way to then just like shut that off. And some people 
if that is something that they don't want, if there's a way to like, you know, program whatever your inner workings are to be like, go away, go away. I'm not listening. You know, la, 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 la. <laughs> you know? Well, I believe that's like setting the boundary with spirit being like spirit. I'm, and this is how I feel like I'm open and want to be able to be of service in this capacity. However, don't show me premonitions of things or if someone's going to die, those types of things, because I, I, I don't want to work with that. Yeah. So it's interesting. Premonitions are very interesting. I'll say that I had many premonitions about somebody close to me passing. But what was so interesting about it is it wasn't until they passed that I actually could tap into, oh my God, that happened, that happened, and that happened. And I felt it, but I didn't know how to make sense of it at the time. So it was like Monday morning quarterbacking, but I legit had the premonitions. Does that make sense? So is that just, I wasn't attuned to knowing that I have this ability to have the premonitions, then therefore not a premonition because I didn't understand it to be. Oh, got it. Yeah. I mean, that would be like, well, my entire life I've been giving people advice, not knowing I was giving them clear cognizant advice, but I still was giving them clear cognizant advice. I just didn't know it. So I feel like the same thing. You might not know you have a premonition ability. So just because you don't know it doesn't mean you couldn't have it. That's how I would interpret that. So you would take all of what you did all these years and you were giving them advice that was whichever Claire you you brought up, right? And you would say, oh, okay, now I understand what all of that was. And now I'm going to learn how to take control of that and set those boundaries, use it intentionally and invite those spirits in rather than kind of get a glimpse of it and then shut the door because you don't really understand what it is. Right. And I would imagine that that's where so many people that have this ability to tune in and tap, again, we all have Mm -hmm. those, like really feel it strongly and then just shut it down. What would happen if we all actually just learn to kind of follow the breadcrumbs and see where it takes us and how it could actually benefit us versus being afraid? And I think mm-hmm. just culturally, it's been like... Taboo. You know, well, you don't have an imaginary friend. Stop saying that. They're going to mm-hmm. think you're crazy. You know, those types of conversations that we have that parents... And if we don't know, of course, it's just like programming from every generation that we've ever had. And then if we learned how to embrace that versus being like, oh my God, I'm going to look like such a nutcase. Mm-hmm. What might we actually discover about ourselves that could be really powerful? Like I am a totally different person now that I know that I have this ability and I cannot tell you how much gratitude I have and how good it feels to deliver a message to somebody and have them say like, that totally changed my life, like these things. And it's not me looking for the accolades. It's like, God, what if I would have just been like, I am too afraid. I'm going to stay here practicing law miserable. And I would never have the opportunity to deliver this message to somebody whose life now is totally different. Well, I want to tell you that um, I had a conversation with someone quite a while back, but what you're saying now about having an imaginary friend is what's reminding me of it. And let's pose this question. When you see the quote unquote crazy people on the street and they're talking to themselves, right, out loud, who is to say that they're crazy at all? They're just saying out loud what most of us are just saying in our heads quietly to Mm -hmm. us, right? In our inner voice. And again, this paradigm shift of things, society, now granted, I'm not saying that, you know, the homeless people who's, you know, begging for money on the side of the road has all of his ducks in a row. But if we do open ourselves up and we think about it from a different vantage point, maybe they have a lot clearer thinking than 
the rest of us who are so buttoned up and afraid to see what else potentially we could be exposed to and learn from. I've thought about that myself after getting into some of this is like, what if that person that we think is like crazy actually has more insight on all of this than we do? And the reason that like, we've just considered them crazy. They're not actually crazy. Maybe we're the crazy ones, right? right? Well, and I I always say, yeah, I mean, Dr. Bogan, I say a lot, like, am I the smartest person in the room or the dumbest person in the room, right? Like, who are the adults? You know, who's on the straight and narrow? Who's a lunatic? Maybe at the end of the day, you know, the crazies are running the asylum because they're not as crazy as the rest of us think that they are. Well, and they're not, yeah, they're not as confined to societal norms and the expectations of being in, you know, all buttoned up, as you were saying before, Kristen. And so I think it is just a different way to to look at it of if we didn't have this tabooism, and I just made that word up, everybody, but that tabooism around this. And that's, I think, what happens as societies and generations look at it is, you know, many, 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 many centuries ago, this was not taboo. This was what people did and embraced and they lived in this space. And then as society evolved, we've kind of shut down that mysticism and that, you know, that spiritual place of energy and we shut it down. And then there's a group of people who tapped back into it. And we need to kind of open ourselves up to that possibility that maybe this is a way of, like you said, having more gratitude and being freer and being able to give back in a different way that society might deem like, that's crazy, but you got to be brave enough to go against the societal norms. Who knows? That's interesting. I was listening to something on mediumship just yesterday, of course, and she was talking about one of the key components on doing this mediumship kind of spiritual work is to be brave because mm-hmm. you're really stepping out and saying like, yeah, I, I talked to, oh yeah, on your sign back there, brave. Yeah. I talked to dead people, you know, and, but you have to be brave about it. And how many other people, if it's just put it anywhere, right. But the difference when you actually step out and be brave on something, what a difference or impact that that could have. So I do find that that's a very true applicable word. So here's a question, and this I'm sure you've gotten a million times. I feel like this is like mediumship question 101. But I was just thinking that. (laughs) For the sake, oh really? (laughs) For the sake of being unpolished and the podcast, and we've got to deliver the questions. I'm gonna go out there, and I'm gonna say, does spirit see us having sex or in the shower or masturbating and things that should be private only for the eyes of ourselves or our, you know, partners, if you will. I got that question so many times and I'm just curious what your answer is on it, Kristen. So I believe that there are some things we just need to imagine are kept private. I don't know what spirit sees or doesn't see. And that's, <laughs> okay. I, I learned that from a friend of mine who says, I just like to pretend that there are things that they're just not privy to. Okay. So I go with that belief. I'll, I'll stick with that one. That one makes me feel yeah. more comfortable. Okay. okay. So, what about animals? And I'm not equating this with the question that just came before that Rachel just asked. In terms of Oh, having Um, sex with animals? (laughs) I didn't say it. You did. I know. I'm just playing. (laughs) But do animals come back to you and find their owners, so to speak? They totally do. And you'd be surprised how many people are happier to hear from their animals than their (laughs) past family members. (laughs) I get that. I would understand that. I actually love working with the animals, though, because 
what's interesting is that they didn't have a voice per se when they were here, but now there's like this voice that you can communicate. So it's really interesting because then they can acknowledge to their human, you know, the things that, about their life. And I had one woman, oh. like she just came to me just because she wanted to connect with her dog. And, wow. you know, yeah. So then there were definitely pieces of evidence where like, you know, his favorite snack and things like that, that came through. So, and sometimes the animals come through before parents or whomever else. So it's kind of interesting to see when the come in. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I'm like wow. almost crying now because I have this thing with my dog where I am like, why did I get a dog? Because the thought of losing this dog is going to be so overwhelming to me. And he's, by the way, seven, right? So um, God willing, we have many more years together and I'm already anticipating his death. So now I'm going to like lock you in, Kristen, so that totally. I know that we can connect to him when he's on the other side. And by the way, his name is Yoda. So he's already spiritual in and of itself. So he'll be open to this for sure. Totally. Wow. <laughs> That's wild to me. I'm really just a brand new animal person. Our <laughs> listeners know that about me. So the fact that like my dog one day down the road would like come back these a V, a medium is. <laughs> I don't know if I, I want to hear. But to laugh. I mean, that's hilarious. <laughs> Make sure you treat your animals well. Yeah, that's right. You, I better be nice to her. I no, was going to say. <laughs> I was going to say, Rach. Do you really want Hansel coming back to tell you what it was like yet? I, we have to work on this a little oh, bit. Oh my gosh! Wow! <laughs> wow! I know we could keep going and going and going with with the questions. I know we also do have, and this is something new on the corner of Audacity and Vice, we have a friend of the show who had asked, was so fascinated with your first appearance that had asked for a reading, I guess, if that's how we phrase it. And I had mentioned that you were coming back on. And I know that there are no guarantees at all, but even just the idea of tuning in and jumping on our Zoom here to kind of just see what would turn up and be a guest on the show as well. If you were open to it, I'd love to invite him in and see what happens. Sure. Let's do it. Dr. Boga, are you down? This is so fun. I love this. So guys, we have a fan of the show who listened to the first time you were with us, Kristen, and he was fascinated. And we've just been texting nonstop. And I did mention that you were coming back on because we had a a plethora of, of other fans as well that had more questions. And he said, you know, if maybe there was some type of reading or whatever, could I pop on on Polish Therapy and kind of join you guys? And and if you were open to it, and Dr. Boga was open to it, I thought it might be a cool thing. And I know a lot of our listeners from part one were hoping that maybe we could hear a little bit of, of your gift and your talent and your energy. So if you're down for it, I have my friend Mitch in the waiting room here on our Zoom, and maybe we could get a little unpolished. Let's give it a shot. I love that he's such a fan. So that's awesome. I have to say, Rage, um, again, I'm gifting this to you, but I am telling you right now, my phone is going to explode with people who are upset with me because they want it in. So Mitch, this is a gift to you and you all are going to have to pay me back in multitudes at some point. Forget Kristen doing her job. Gratitude for all the texts that gratitude to all the people that might text and any calls that come in much gratitude. I wanted to find, I, I was seeking to find Kristen no matter what. Like if this didn't happen, I was going to contact her for the, I was looking at the next available dates and such. And so, but thank you to any of those people that might have foregone a chance. So, but I'm psyched. I'm like, but I'm psyched anyway. Like, I sorry. Anyhow, unpolished. Okay. Oh my gosh. I feel like we all need a friend like Mitch. I mean, come on. Oh, that oh my God. So darn good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Thank you, guys. Oh. So are we ready to go? Are we going to? You are. You're the okay. one who's bringing them all in. So. All right. Well, well, okay. We will see what happens here. Okay. True. Uh, all right. Um, I hear the name. Oh, and my disclaimer here, folks, is when I get names, keep in mind, this could be somebody that's still alive or they could be on the other side. So just keep that in mind. Um, let's see, what do we have here? So I'm supposed to ask about Easter Sunday. Now, I don't know, but like, does anybody even celebrate Easter Sunday? I don't, but it's actually my birthday this year. I don't know if that's oh, anything. Ooh, your birthday. Hey, hey, oh my gosh, hey. your birthday oh falls God. on Easter Sunday. Yeah. Can I just make a, <laughs> I have to point this out for people that like, in mediumship, one of the things that I've learned from my mentors is like, and, and Mitch, you'll appreciate this, uh, you know, being a, an, an attorney, is um, give all the evidence, even the evidence where you would like logically question it. Because in my mind, I'm like, I don't even know if anybody on this call celebrates Easter. So this sounds silly for me to put Easter out there. And now had I not, Dr. Boca. And that's Lori, that's Dr. B's birthday. Right. And how would I know? But like, I was going to question my logical mind was like, this doesn't make sense for this group, but I have to say it. So, okay. So, oh my gosh. Yay. Lori, Dr. Boca, your dad is saying happy birthday. Oh, no way. Oh my gosh. Wait, my dad said that? Yeah, your dad. He's so excited. It's uh, his little girl's birthday. Mm. Daddy's little girl. It's his, it's her birthday. And He's saying like he wasn't there a lot for your birthday. And by I think that like, did he work a lot or was very busy? Like, I don't want to say, I feel like he wasn't always necessarily there, whether it was like physically or also just like very busy, consumed with work. Do you understand that? Yes, I do. Um, And he was, sometimes he was there, but there was a specific birthday that he was not there for. And um, we still talk about Ooh. the we still talk about that birthday that he was Ooh. not there for. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. So yeah. he still is like, yeah, I'm like super sorry I wasn't there. Oh. I think it's kind of funny. He's like, can we get over it already? Because trust me, I feel like <laughs> I've paid the yes, price. We can. And he has a fun sense of humor about yes. it, so it's more like wow. a joke. Like so. Um, He's super excited. He's going to be there. He's with you at every birthday. He's going to be there again this birthday. Um, he wants you to know. So there's never a birthday that you celebrate where he's not present with you and sending you so much love. And it's just so proud of you and how far you've come. So mm. lots of hugs and mm. uh, love from dad. Thank I feel you. like you're going to see... Ooh. I feel like you're actually going to see like some balloons. I'm feeling like there's like this kind of Easter purple color balloon that you might see that's going to be kind of comical since it's the whole Easter Sunday piece. So just keep your eyes open for additional signs from him. And he says, you're not paying, (laughs) in a joking way, like you're, like he's giving you signs. I just feel like you may not be paying attention to, like they're coming in ways you may not be paying attention to. Does that make Mm. sense? Not butterflies. Right, not butterflies. Okay, so I feel like he's like subtle and clever and, oh, it's in like cars. I mean, I know, uh, we've kind of talked before that he was into cars and th- and I say that in like briefly, I don't know anything about Dr. Boca's father other than at one point we had a conversation, he was into cars, but do you, I feel like there are a plethora of higher end cars that he sends signs through. So like whether yeah. it's in the license plates or different things, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. pay attention to those higher end cars. I, I specifically a Porsche 911. I don't know if you see those often. 
Well, that was the car that he went to buy on the birthday that he met. Oh, my oh God. My God. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I yeah. didn't know what a Porsche was. I thought it was a punch buggy. And I was like, I can't believe you're missing my birthday to buy a punch buggy. And it was wow. a Porsche 911. Yes. Oh, my, my God. God. Was it white? Was it no, white? No, it was not okay. white. But, hey, you okay. got enough. Jeez. Yeah. Oh my still, God. Yeah, that's a heavy oh, wow. bit. That's a heavy dose. <laughs> and, and by oh the way, gosh. I was going to make a joke that like, great, everybody on the roads in South Florida need to look out because there's a billion nice cars. So I'm glad he narrowed it down <laughs> to a Porsche because I would have been in an accident every two seconds looking for the sign. So oh thank you for God. clarifying. Yeah, glad we got real specific on that one. Yes, thank you. Yeah, no accidents. Wow. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Oh wow. Okay. Wow. All right. See, so, look. <laughs> can I ask a question though, Kristen? Or is that breaking sure. up the system? No, no. No, you can break up the system. No, can just you give you can messages ask. to <laughs> can you give messages to them back? You can give messages to them back. He oh, hears you. Oh, he can. Yeah, just I say know. it. Yeah. <laughs> I love you. He's like, oh I my gosh. Yeah, he's like, you know, like the double hand wave. Like if you were to kind of just wave both hands, would he ever wave like that? It's um, like um, kind of like this. No, I, I'm, yeah, maybe if he saw me from a distance, he would embarrass the hell out of me. So it's possible. Yeah, like, like it feels like he's like super excited, but almost like so excited. Like it's like a little oh. ridiculous, like over the top, like yes. like kind of nutty where you'd be like, dad, that's embarrassing. Yes, he always right? yeah. embarrassed me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, that's what he's doing. Oh, <laughs> oh miss like, out of it. Miss oh, but what dad. was your question? Oh, no, that's what I was asking is if I could tell him that I missed him and I appreciated oh. that he was sending me the signs. So totally. Yes, you can. And uh, you can continue to have that dialogue with him like back and forth. And that's what I really like to encourage people is like, as you start to identify these signs and see things along the way is that you can have, it's almost like kind of building this relationship with them, even though they're not in their physical body. And then how kind of comforting that can be when we know that we're still able to connect with them. So yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Um, wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Dr. Boca, I'm so happy he showed up because I know you think he doesn't show up, but dang, for your birthday and the 9-11. No, I love that. Thank you. <laughs> of course. That's good. That's all good stuff. <laughs> that is good stuff. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Let's see what else we have here. Oh, my gosh. I love your dad. He's a hoot. Oh, yes, he um, is. <laughs> um, and such just fun, vibrant energy. I mean, like... Um, He's just so excited over there. Like, was he that? Was he like super excited in life too? See, he was an excited guy towards the end of his life for sure. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Cause I feel like he's just really showing up like super excited. This is part of the message too is like just being excited for life, being excited for whatever that next thing is. And even if it's like a mundane thing where we don't, you know, not, I don't want to do the thing, it's not, but bringing excitement to, to all of those little things. And then, that that's the energy where we can continue to create from, like create the things that we really want in life is from that higher vibration of excitement. So I feel like that's what he's doing. It's just encouraging us. And I say like us, like I always feel like a lot of times the messages can be taken for a larger group is living from that place of excitement, even when it doesn't seem necessarily that exciting. So Thank like you. do you have something coming up that you could possibly be, I don't know if dreading is the right word, but like an obligation coming up. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Possibly, yes. Okay. Add a little excitement to that. Let's try to get okay. excited about it. All right. I'm Closing. excited about it. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll see. Your dad had to get that last part in there. So I feel like it was definitely important. Okay. Well, tell him to reach out to their friends 
and <laughs> all the people that want people to be present and go introduce themselves and be the life of the party and, you know, encourage them to step in here. Okay. Well, he already told him, so we'll see what he does. Okay. <laughs> okay. Strong, brave, humble, and victorious. That's we want to hear from people that are strong, brave, humble, and victorious. I'm looking behind you too. There you go. Yeah. What was his name? What was his name? My dad. Or what? Yeah. Mel. 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 Cool. Okay. Does anybody know a Nell? N E L. I know a Ellen. L. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Uh-oh. I don't know. <laughs> Square peg, round hole. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's see. Um, let me see here. I feel like I'm hearing the name like, oh, hold on. Okay, so I'm actually hearing Johnny and Johanna, which is a little confusing because it's so similar, but also very different. Um, Would you happen to know if there was like a brother and a sister like Johnny, Johanna? Does anybody? um, mm -mm, Let me see. Johnny, Johnny. Okay, I get a lot. Remember before I said I get a lot of sports because I know Mm -hmm. sports. It's taking me to Johnny Bench. I feel like this is like 1970s baseball. Um, Cincinnati. Yeah. Uh, Mitch, your father's on the other side? He's here. He's here. Mom's over there. Okay. Um, uh, Was there... Was there somebody who may have been more like a father, like, you know, a male figure who you were close to and you went to baseball games, like when you were a kid? Um, not like prevalently, just, um, nah, not, not in, not in a way that's like, that I could think about that, that significantly would add up. But, um, I, I mean, I went to Orioles games, but I, I didn't, I didn't go to a lot of them. And didn't okay. have like a regular, a regular take her out. Okay. All right. Well, let me see. I'm just going to throw this out there with Johnny Bench. Does anybody know anyone who's a carpenter? Mm-mm. Oh, wait, let me see. Oh my gosh. Sorry, dog in the background. Um, actually, was somebody recently buy a piece of furniture or a couch or you're thinking about buying like a couch or some piece of furniture? Oh my God. It's but a I don't home run. Speaking of baseball. Right. But I don't yeah. want this to all be mine. Yes. Oh, but haven't we been asking where all your people are? This is I know. But you, if you ask and you amazing. receive, receive it. Right? Yes. This, is, this yes. is what it really is. We ask for things and then all of a sudden we don't want it. When I well, get I it want it, but I want, I want, I want Rachel's people, but okay. No, I'll no. take this. Well, is, we want, we're loving this. We're okay. psyched to behold yes, yeah. been, present for this. Yeah. I've been couch shopping. Yes. Is it for your office? No, it is not. Okay. That would just be a little too metaphorical there. The yes, a little bit. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So you have been couch shopping. Okay. And, is, and here you, on, and just so you know, here on the corner of Audacity and Vice, we ditched the couch. So <laughs> that's right. Sorry. It's a chair. It's a chair. Well, that's why I asked about a bench, not a right. couch. I, right. I knew that felt familiar. <laughs> yeah. Well, in so all funny. fairness, I'm looking for chairs and a couch. So there you wow. go. Okay. Yeah. And is something to be like for the outside? No. Okay. See like outside uh, furniture as well. I don't even know why that's important, but let me see about the couch. Um it's funny. I'm hearing pick one that's comfortable, but I think that would be assumed, but you never know. Um, yes. And 
actually, have you, like, you've literally been looking. So, like, I see there's this gray kind of, um, like, super comfy couch. I don't know why. Uh, I have a gray super comfy couch. She does. Oh. I do. In okay, my this, house. Okay. And um, let's see. Hold on. Uh, so, um, I feel like there's somebody that's, like, sitting on this couch with you and, like, eating popcorn in movies. Like, did you use, like, is this, like, a... Like binge, did you like binge Netflix something with a friend? She always binges Netflix. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> see, I'm like married to my television. Oh, okay. For me, I don't even turn on that. I mean, I don't even turn the TV on. So for me, I'd be like, whoa. Okay. Um, and it feels like Law and Order. Do you watch a lot of Law and Order? Not Law and Order specifically, but I watch a lot of documentaries about Law and Order. I suppose. Oh, okay. I wouldn't even know such a thing existed in my realm. Okay. So, um, I feel, so I know that you mentioned that you had a friend who recently passed, correct? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, he wants you to know, and let me, I'll get some evidence for you, but like, I feel like he's already did. Like, have you been, did you watch something the other night? I'm trying to think of the color of his couch actually. Cause I, I binge watch TV with him, but not popcorn. He would eat like a lot of these like Magnum chocolate, chocolate ice cream bars. But anyhow, <laughs> that that. But I'm trying to think like it is. I think it is dark. It is a darker color. But um, so you understand though that like the television watching was like a thing that you guys did together. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean um, it definitely. I, we'd go. We we. I'd go up to visit him in in Manhattan, and he'd, he'd have the whole city to himself but like that was something that we would do you know we would just we would we that was one of the things we would do as he would assemble other people to meet the following day i mean but we would you know we would watch stuff it wasn't necessarily binge watching netflix we you know he would watch whatever whatever would come to mind but um there was that you know because it was we joke about having you know Having, you know, looking out the window onto 20th Street and being like, well, we could go down to the East Village. We could do this. We could do that. But let's watch some TV. You know? Okay. Yeah. Because I was feeling like it was significant. Like there was a memory of like seeing, I was seeing like two people on the couch, just like sitting there, you know, like just sitting there and kind of like hanging out. So um, let's see. Um, I feel like he, don't give me too much though. Don't, don't give me too much here. Cause, um, but um, but what I feel like is he shared a lot of his, I don't know if I would call them like moments in his life that were really significant that maybe he wouldn't share with a lot of people. Like you were his go-to friend where he gave you all the information and you probably knew more about him than most. Do you understand that? There definitely were things that were um, special, like pieces of knowledge. I mean, about people and things that happened in the past, old friends, yeah, like even more elementary a- school. And high school. Oh man, you were you were almost feeding the medium. I'm gonna have to stop you. Um, Sorry, sorry. (laughs) No, no, no. It's okay. I just want to make sure. So, uh, would you have said that he keeps saying something about high profile? Was he more of like a high profile individual where people like he would have a lot of information or stories or things like that that he felt like he probably couldn't share with a lot of other people because of maybe his the word I'm hearing is like stature or something. Does that make sense? Possible, but he would. But open too, like we, we, you know, there was a lot of him that he would put out publicly too, you know, okay. easily. There were definitely a level of like private matters and 
that not a lot of people would know about. And he had kind of the inside knowledge, but he always felt like you were a safe space for him to share that because otherwise he was carrying around a bunch of information and didn't necessarily have an outlet for it. So he thanks you and appreciates your kindness and your understanding and your generosity. Like you're also a friend where if he ever needed a favor too, he could call and like reach out and you'd be like, you'd be like, you need me where, when? Got it. I'm there. Right. Or you're that type Uh, of, yeah. That was the kind of thing it was. Yeah. I mean, Mm. I, I, he knew that was not a, you know, that even, even then one word would have me there. So he, yeah, that's exactly that, what it, yeah, that's what it felt like. So he so, just thanks you so much for being that type of like solid friend and, and someone that he really relied on that he could lean upon you mm-hmm. for that type of kindness and generosity. I just feel like you're super, super giving too. Yeah. He's just Bitch, saying that I mean, you're I'm not patting yeah. myself on my no, back. No, no, no. Like, He's so amazing. But I like, I love it. I love it. He, he's saying you're a bright Feeling. light in this world and continue to keep shining because people really thrive off of your energy. And I will just speak from never seeing you or meeting you in my entire life. Like your energy is awesome and that you have such a gift to bring to the world with that level of energy. So he mm-hmm. wants you to just keep shining and keep driving. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if there's... That's, I got to tell you, that was his way of communicating. And a, a lot of his friends, I mean, that was a way where he... um he liked to create a light and then have his friends bask in it and shine. And they would, everybody, it was definitely shining is a way that, you know, I see him talking about people. Like he was, oh, wow. a, he was a cheerleader for many. And, um, but especially, but that, I mean, I felt especially connected, but in a way where your mother might tell you you're her favorite. I think, I know there were other, you know, I know he, he had a way of making several people feel that. And, um, but I definitely felt that like I, Mm. and I feel it, I feel it now, actually, I've been feeling it. Um, Mm. and, uh, and I like it and it's nice to hear. Yeah. So, um, the biggest, like one of the ways that you can continue to leave his legacy or bring that legacy through is, you know, understanding that you make people feel that way too, like they're a favorite Mm. or that you can continue to do that. Mm. So by continuing to do that, it's like, you're going to continue to bring his energy and spirit through that because you're that type of person. And you can also channel that energy that he made you Mm. feel. You can make people feel that way too. Whoa. Uh, Mitch, I'm like, uh, that chokes me up because that's so true. So you have a responsibility to carry that on. Kristen, you hit the nail on the head with that because Mitch's energy is is electric as well. Oh, that's obvious. But yes. And, you know, like that's... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I'm thinking a lot about that lately. You know, he would would keep a journal and he would like, what, what... what five friends did you call today? Or what, you know, it was... Oh my gosh. Or who did you, you know, you would get texts from him that pulled other old friends back, other old young friends back into your life. And and he did that. I mean, that's one of the reasons why we're talking now. I mean, I, I think, um, you know, the, the day that he passed, he initiated a text and, you know, and and he's like, hey, Silver, hey, Mitch. You know, he... Um, he um, that's very heavy because I've been thinking about doing that, uh, not even thinking about like since since he passed that, uh, or since more since just the last few days. I'm trying to talk to as many people I can a day that are my friends that I, you know, he's he's reminding me constantly to savor and to not be passive about the friendships and the relationships and to 
really reach out that it requires he made it seem effortless he was like social alchemist and he made it seem effortless but you have to you have to wake up and actively reach out to your friends and i feel that more than i've ever felt in my life because of him you know and what you're saying kind of reiterates that into that feeling that i feel like he's kind of that the way that i'm connecting with the part of him that's so vibrantly alive now you know and uh and and the spiritual energy so if that's really i like it the quote that's coming to mind for this is like people won't i don't know it's the quote where it essentially is saying like people will remember how you made them feel right mm-hmm. like that's kind of the crux of the quote and i feel like that's a lot of this whole message is like it's people will remember how you made them feel which i think is kind of the moment that you guys are experiencing right now with him is how he made you feel yeah, it's, Maya, it's actually, it's Maya Angelou who said, you know, people may not remember exactly what you said, but they'll always remember how you made them feel. And I think this is just such a good example of that in this moment about that and then how to carry that forward. So um, let me see if there's anything else he wants to say. Um, Thank you, Chris. Um, oh my gosh, you're so that. welcome. Um I always like to give credit where credit's due. It's his wise words. I just get to be the messenger. So, um, uh, you happen to have, you don't happen to have a granddaughter or young, is there a young child, like a young girl in your family? There, there's young girl. She's, she's not, she's, um, when I say young, how young, how young do you mean? I don't want to feed you. That's why I'm like, right. I know you're, you're, you're good. You know the rules. uh, Yeah. Um, (laughs) Like five or seven, five or seven. Um, there's a young girl that I got to like that that gave me that that I got chills down my spine because I was substituting a music lesson for a friend and she sang this song and we talked about the meaning of the words at the at the music school and and but my my daughter's out of that age group. Okay. She's a little older. How long ago? Like I'm just wondering, like when did this? Oh, uh, this thing is like within within the last seven days. I mean, actually, the you know. Probably, actually, not prob, not even probably, but on on this would have happened on Monday. And so, when did your friend pass? Uh, he passed on we think Thursday. Talking to other people, it's interesting too because you know Ra- Rachel and I were in touch with him on Thursday when they suspect, or uh, you know, around the time when they sus- suspected he might have passed. So we were on a text with him. And, okay, so um, oh, sorry. So any anyhow, um, the less. Let me go back. I I got to feel the, the 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 lesson I had was Monday, and I've been telling people. I've been telling a lot of people about it because I this young girl sang this. She sang a song I'd never heard called "The Girl in the Mirror," and it was a, it was such a beautiful moment because the song was about being comfortable with yourself, and she she got that, and she and she belted it out. She killed it. But but it was just like it felt good. I hadn't hadn't been te- teaching music in a in a while, and I I, I came back to it um, recently, and it it was really cool to to feel that. But I and this was the Monday after. This is when the lawyering comes Monday, in, and this was the Monday, the Monday after before. the thir- the Monday before Monday before the Thursday. Okay, okay, got it. Um, well, I also on. yeah, I also feel like there's just a message of. The, like the level of joy and the experience that you had from teaching music is also part of you helping give other people, helping them acknowledge their own light 
right? It's interesting. She was singing the girl in the mirror. And that's why, you know, if you have a music teacher or somebody that tells you you can't sing, well, I promise you, speaking from experience, you will not continue to ever sing again. Oh, Um, who did that? I know, but but that you have an ability to make kids and that this music teaching thing is like, it's, I feel like it's really good that you're back in it because you have so much to continue to offer through this space. And I feel like she's just one example of the many that you can impact moving forward. So yeah, just keeping that. I hold that. (laughs) Yeah. I I take it. I'll take that one too. All right. Take it. Um, (laughs) You're two um, for two, Mitch. (laughs) And I want to see if there's anything else here. Yeah. No, Mitch, I just feel like um, you're just such a bright light. I know we already talked about that, but that that really feels like super important to not. And this is like, you know, we can often dim our light down because of whatever circumstances, things are that happen along the way that can be insignificant in the whole scheme of things and then just remembering how important it is to really get out there and shine because we just don't know the impact that we're having on people even though we can feel small and I'm speaking for myself in all of this included you know relate to relate to that yeah you know, but yeah we have to shine we have to shine on because we we got to shine on I mean it sounds I, I don't mean to sound cliche but it just is that is yeah Let's see if there's just anything else here before I wrap this up. Um, um, Rachel, I'm trying to see if there's anything specific for you. Um, I hear like, I feel like he's saying, Rachel, don't marry a dud. Um, like did he have a and i feel like that's like part of his sense of humor was like come on like you know come on don't fight for like don't give in to that idiot right like kind of would talk like that i could hear him say that couldn't you mitch uh yeah 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 I could hear, I, he would definitely tell you. I just even feel, you know? I feel like even the word dud is a word that he might use. That's yeah. what I feel like. Because like, I wouldn't be using that. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. She, no, no, no. He's such a dud. No, no, yeah, no. I could hear yeah. him saying that. Yeah. That's yeah. funny. So yeah, don't marry a and dud. He would, <laughs> and he it. would definitely couch the opinion. Like he would definitely say it. Like he, Oh yeah. Like Rachel, he's he's uninhibited that would just out it too. He yeah. would be like, yeah, you know, yeah. he might, you know, he might even yeah. walk around the corner of the room from where the dud was and be like, don't, <laughs> don't marry a dud, you right. know. Oh my god! All right, I won't. I promise. Yeah. Wow. Someone's trying to come into my apartment. Oh, okay. Rachel, well, your spirits, little... your spirits are coming into the apartment <laughs> now. <laughs> oh my god, that like about freaked me out because we've got the little keypad thing where you can like enter the keys, and they were doing it. I was like, "Who's here?" But wrong. wrong, wrong <laughs> okay. Part, he had the oh, keypad. Really? Yeah, he had the keypad. Wow. And, you know, and <laughs> for sure. I mean, I, I mean, that just freaked me out. Like, I don't get freaked out that often with these things when I'm, but like literally the keypad noise was just happening. He was totally. So wait, so do you think he was trying to use the keypad? When? Right now? Yeah. I mean, I think it was like, you you guys, you knew exactly, because I don't even know why I needed to tell you it was the keypad thing, but like, that was the noise I just heard. I mean, it was, there were people out there, but it also. Was there a glass door at all? Or (laughs) was it? No, I mean, I'm just saying like that happened here in the, uh, oh, wow. like that in sometimes the, ha- the... like I'm telling you right now, somebody was trying to get into my apartment with the keypad. Oh, 
<laughs> oh, <laughs> have, but you gotcha. wouldn't have had a reason to tell them about a keypad, except he had a keypad, and therefore exactly. that's why you told the story about the keypad. So yeah. that's what she's trying to communicate to you guys. See, <laughs> thank, I'm the translator. You. Gotcha. <laughs> it's because I'm still like out of breath yeah, and panic you, mode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very good. Um, so yeah, don't marry a dad. And then I feel like he's saying he's gonna he's gonna hook you up with one that is uh <laughs> makes a lot of money and is smart. <laughs> right, all right. Um, I'm gonna hold him to it. Is Kristen, can I ask him? Is he okay up there? Um he says uh way better than that. It, oh, it's like it's way better than that rat race you guys are living down there. Mm. He was out of it. He'd moved. He he moved out of that. Actually, he he was forced to to become more of a type B because of a major. Well, uh, yeah, Rachel but I could hear him. Dr. I could I I could hear him say. I hear him say the rat race. We even talked about that recently. Kristen, does he know how loved he is? Oh, okay. Like, I got to show, hold on. I got to show you this motion. He's like, come on. You think I don't get that? You know, like he, he knows. And um, yeah, yeah. he's like, oh, come on. Um, It's like, he's never felt more like at home and loved than like with his friends and family. Like he knows that he was very much loved and he receives it. I'm not sure he always received the love when he was in the living because he was like such a giving out, but he wasn't as good as re- at receiving it. Does that make sense? Now he receives it. And it's like, he always knew he just wasn't capable of like necessarily receiving all of it. So he gets that now and is just really grateful and is in gratitude for the friendship and the types of souls and people he got to be in communication with in this life. And looks forward to like continuing to show up and be present in your life, even though he's physically not there. Mm. And he's like, once a buddy, always a buddy. So, and yeah. uh, he's going to um, keep fighting the good fight for everyone. And tell him to reach out to my dad because my dad loved <laughs> like mentoring younger people, especially those that have like good sense of humors. He would love him. The one time I've met him, my dad would love taking him under his wing and like introducing him to the posse up there or wherever there is. He's like, we've already met. Like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh my God. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, it's interesting because oh, I feel like your dad brought him here to the, like, that's why we had to cover kind of your, like, your dad showed up first. You know, I said sometimes we don't know who's going to show up in what yeah. order. Like, I feel like your dad was like, uh, this is how it goes, you know? And then, so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, they both were very, like, powerful men, but like, in a, they just had a presence about them, right? Both of them, your father as well. Yes. And kind hearts, always wanting like the best for everybody. And just, and so it feels like to me, they're just on the other side, bringing more goodness like that and doing it also in the physical plane. And that's where the signs and the symbols and all of the things that we think are like coincidence, synchronicity, magic, like those Mm -hmm. things are real things. So I feel like they want you guys to like really pay attention to those type, like are encouraging you to just pay attention. Well, um, we will pay attention yeah, and we will yeah, stay yeah. open and yes. we will be present and we will hope that they will continue to shine their light from up above down to us and we'll make it our responsibility to pay it forward. Yeah, um, to let them know that we remember, we love, we will take the best of it all and share it with the world and it will come right back to them. So thank you, Kristen. That was amazing. Like, Sorry, there's yeah. one more thing I have to throw in here. Rachel, you're going to crack up when you <laughs> see a box of milk duds. 
a box of milk duds. Oh, why? For like duds? duds all the duds. You're going to be like, oh, oh my God. So I had to get that in there because, uh, yeah. Okay. That's funny. All right. I'm going to keep a lookout for that for sure. For sure. It might well, be listen. in the 911. Oh, in the car. <laughs> oh, that the guy comes that to pick me up in. Exactly. Oh, that my God. You. Would that not yes. be so funny? Right. Oh, my God. You see God. a guy with a box of milk thuds, you're like, I'm out. Amazing. Amazing. And then when the 9-11 was the 9-11 one of your guys' birthdays, like, did I hear that on maybe the podcast or something? Oh, with- no. That was my dad. My dad's birthday was 9-11. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, that's yeah. where I heard that. That's where I heard wow. that. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And the, por- and the Porsche. And the Porsche. You know, just, there you go. Tie it all yeah. together. We're all connected Ooh. here. So. Our dads brought us together. Yeah. Your 9-11 story, my 9-11 story. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my God, you guys. Wow. Well, I have to tell you, I mean, you guys who are listening up above too, said this before, I think, but if they have free Wi-Fi up there, I hope you're tuning into Unpolished Therapy and sharing it with everyone. And I know there's a lot of parties happening up there and joy, (laughs) and we want to continue to feel that joy and love. You know, we've said before that the cost of loving hard is grieving and loss. So. And I think that that's the, yeah. so well said. If we don't open ourselves up to that lo- to that love and make ourselves vulnerable to be open to the possibility of loss, we are robbing ourselves of the truest, most heartfelt, significant relationships in our lives. So yes, it's painful and losses, as Karen has taken us through, is, is some of the hardest things we've ever had to do. But as I tell my patients, the amount that we grieve is based on the amount that we love. And Kristen, Amen. you connecting all of our loved ones to us today has been such a gift and we thank them and we thank you for showing up and coming back and sharing that light and love with us. And, you know, as Rachel will always say, as she's crying over there, I'm going to take over for it temporarily that, you know, once a guest, quite literally, you are now always a guest and always part of our family here on Unpolished Therapy. And so for all of our listeners who are now sitting here mesmerized, touched and dying, not quite literally, but dying to get in uh, touch with you for a reading, where should they go? Yes, you can go to www.kristenswineheart.com. There I'm offering a very special price for an online group reading. So if you want to experience what it's like to watch me work or and how the messages come through, you can certainly do that. I always like to put out the note that you don't have to receive a message. You can purely just come on and see what happens. Not everybody will get a message, but if you do decide to show up, don't panic. You don't have to receive one if you don't want one as well. So it's a great opportunity to just experience what this is like. And you can also find on that same page where to sign up for a private reading. If you know right now, like, yes, I definitely want a private reading. You can go there as well. And Kristen has been so sweet and wants to offer a discounted rate to the people who are listening to our episode today. Thank you, Kristen. So when you do reach out, let her know that you came through Unpolished Therapy and she will hook you up. So thank you, Kristen. Rach, are you doing well? Do you want to do the closing or would you like me to? No, I'm just, I'm so Can grateful. Can I interject a huge... Yep, of course, you. Mitch. Wanna, you're, our, you're our energy I want to tell here. you guys, I love you. I love you, Rach. I love I, Dr. B. I love you. It's first meeting, but I, Kristen, I, I love you. And you guys, I appreciate being here for for this pulling in of energies. And um, and I'm thankful. And uh, and it's just very cool. I feel, I feel some, you know, spine tingling feelings. 
and I am thankful. So we're thankful for you, you too, um, Mitch. Yeah, and um, I'm thrilled that us. you were here. I want to thank you for joining us today, Kristen. Honestly, from the bottom of my heart, I thank you so much for coming back on the show. Yes, I agree with Dr. Boca. You're a friend. You're an expert for us, and we want you back whenever you're willing to come back, Dr. Boca. Thank you for even starting this whole ball rolling with finding Kristen in the first place. To the listeners out there, if you need us, if you have questions, comments, concerns, we're on Polish therapy at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Unpolished Therapy. Don't forget to follow Kristen as well, Kristen Swinehart. Check her out. She's amazing. I'm crying. I'm I'm freaking out. <laughs> um, but I'm so happy that our loved ones shared with us today. I will say on behalf of Dr. Boca, Mitch, and myself, we will continue to shine the light. We will do the good work. We'll make you proud. Please come back and visit us. We're always open to it. And um, from all of us here, I'm Rachel Silver Cohen with Dr. Boca, of course. It's been another episode, a beautiful episode, a touching episode, an episode in honor of all of our loved ones. And we want to say thank you from the corner of Audacity and Advice. This has been Unpolished Therapy. Great sesh, girls. Hey, everyone, like what you heard? Then don't miss out on what comes next. Subscribe now and please give the girls a five-star rating. Learn more at www.unpolishedtherapy.com. Find and like them on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'll see you next week when Rachel Silvercone and Dr. Boca ditch the couch, grab the mic, and break down all the wreckage. <laughs>